the blast from our past network. The 12 gauge autoloader. That's Italian. You can go pump or auto. The 45 long slide with laser siding. These are brand new. We just got them in. That's a good gun. Just touch the trigger, the beam comes on, and you put the red dot where you want the bullet to go. You can't miss. Anything else? Phased plasma rifle in the 40-watt range. Hey, just what you see, pal. The Uzi 9mm. You know your weapons, buddy. Any one of these is ideal for home defense. So, uh, which will it be? All. I'm going close early today. There's a 15-day wait on the handguns, but the rifles you can take right now. You can't do that. Talking Back. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim, and this week we are going to be covering the movie The Terminator. Dean, how's it going? Tim, it's going really well. I'm going to get my hot take out of the way right off the bat here. My hot take is this movie is really good. Oh, dude, I'm so glad you said that. This movie is <laughs> awesome. This movie's awesome, man. <laughs> awesome. To tell you the truth, I actually don't have a huge like history with this one. Uh, I've only seen it a couple yeah, of me times. Neither. Yeah, it was yeah, it was same. too violent when I was a kid to watch. And um just some of the ideas in it were a little bit beyond me. Like you know, there's when when you're a kid and you get shown something, you know, by your older brother or you are, you know, whatever, you just see a movie ahead of your time. Um, sometimes it can just not work out for, for certain reasons. And this was one of them. It just did not work out for me. I couldn't watch it. I didn't want to watch it. And then, you know, I watched it later in life and I was like, okay, cool. I really like this movie. This is a lot of fun. Yeah. Rewatching it this time. Dude, this movie's a banger. I love this movie. It's excellent. It's, it's excellent. It's such a banger. It's so, so good. I, it was similar to you, Tim, but like this movie was never on my radar when I was a kid because I just didn't watch anything when I was a kid. But then when I got into movies later on, teenager, you know, getting into my early 20s, that's when I went back to revisit everything. And Terminator was actually kind of the first big franchise thing that I hadn't seen that I wanted to get into. So I watched, you know, Terminator and Terminator 2 in one night and just freaking love this one. Freaking love this movie. Nice. Yeah, lots of fun. Let's get right into it. Yeah, man. I'm, Let's just do it. I'm going to... You may notice me speeding us along this episode a little bit because yeah. it's uh, a heat wave right now. And you know what that means for the studio. It means very hot. You're melting. Very, very hot. It is yeah. currently... I'll, I'll give, just give a little update about what it is in the studio right now. It is 34 degrees Celsius or... 93.1 Fahrenheit. I've got a meat thermometer here. <laughs> That's how I'm checking and I'm going to poke myself with it to see when I'm when I'm done, when I'm finished. Yeah. <laughs> but now that the, all the windows are closed, there's no air coming through. So it's just 
it's my computer, it's my body oh, heat, my it's everything just festering in here now. And we'll see what temperature it gets up to in a little bit. Tim, that is so hot already. That is uh, that is a bad place to start out the number at. It's a bit tough, but I'm doing it for for us and the listeners. Okay. There must be a podcast. There, Well, of course, there must be a podcast. And I think this one might be a, a, a good one for you to lose your mind on. It's not like it's a big movie or anything, Tim. It's not like we're going to get a ton of new listeners listening to The Terminator. Oh, wait. Yeah, we are. Right. We are. Because it's, a it's big movie. awesome. Everybody loves this movie. It is, it's an awesome movie. Yeah. Now, this movie. The first of... How many in the franchise, Dean? Pop quiz. Quick. How many in the franchise? Uh, six right yes, now. Yes, nailed it. Released in 1984 with a budget of $6.4 million. This movie grosses a whopping $78 million. <laughs> Holy what? crap. What? That's awesome. Nice return. <laughs> Cha-ching. So yes. Yes. Dollar $6 signs. million. Dollars this is a pretty that's a pretty low budget. Like yeah. they there's a lot there's a lot of that six million dollars that we get to see. And, no kidding. Uh, I'm glad. I'm glad people went to this thing because it it rules. That son of a bitch, James Cameron, knows how to stretch a budget, hey? Yeah, man. And if you don't know who I'm talking about, he well, he wrote and directed this movie. Yeah, it was his uh it wasn't his first movie, it was his second movie after what is it, Piranha 2 or something. Yes. Um, but it's sort of like it's sort of like his first movie because I think he took over after someone in for Piranha 2. It's 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 much it's not it doesn't really feel that movie doesn't really feel like a James Cameron movie. This one does. This one's got his stamp on it. It's the first movie that's got his, the James Cameron stamp on it. Yeah, that's a good point. Piranha 2 doesn't sound like a Cameron, you know, a Cameron <laughs> no. flick. Yeah, but James Cameron, I wanted to mention, Canadian boy, just like us. Yeah, man. He was born yeah. in the small town of Capascasing in Ontario, which currently has a population of eight thousand people. So it's oh, a wow, small, small town. It's a small yeah. town, Dean. It's only about a seven-hour drive away from a city that we once lived in. Oh, cool. Mm. I now, thought you were going to say from us now, and I was going to say we should pause and go drive there? there, see if see if he's home. See if he wants to guest, but it's where we used to live. It's very, very far away from us now. Podcast at the Cameron House? Is that what you're thinking? <laughs> oh, I'm thinking podcast at the Cameron House. That'd be a good time. He loves talking back, by the way. <laughs> oh, he's a big a big yeah, fan. Reaches out all the time. Yeah, yeah shout out to uh, James Cameron, who's listening right now. Now, hey, how about the cinematography? I wanted oh, yeah, to pause man. on this for a moment because I thoroughly enjoyed the cinematography in this movie. I legitimately yeah, stopped myself and said, holy smokes, I really enjoy this movie because of the cinematography. Yeah. Yeah. I like I like how they shoot uh, how they shoot Arnold Schwarzenegger in this movie. Um, he's a very, very big guy. Mm -hmm. And somehow he looks even bigger in this movie. He looks like the biggest I've ever seen him. Oh, he's huge. And he's huge. Spoiler alert. I think this might be his best role. Uh, I, we'll, we'll I'm get to it. with you. We'll get to it. Yeah, I, I, yeah, we'll get, okay, we'll get to it. The cinematography was done by an Adam Greenberg, and he would also go on to work on Terminator 2. Then he did Turner and Hooch, Sister Act, Junior, La Bamba, Eraser, Collateral Damage, Snakes on a Plane, among others. 
Talk about some. There's some bangers in there, Tim. There's a there's couple. Some good ones. There's a couple, but there's, there's some also stinkers, there's some but... some stinkers, some middle of the road ones. Yeah, that's what kind of caught yeah. my eye when I looked into this guy after watching the movie. I thought he would go on to kind of have a much more successful. I shouldn't say successful. That's the wrong word because he did a bunch of movies, so he had a successful career. Yeah, I don't think the cinematography in those movies was kind of on the level of what he did in this movie, and it just kind of surprised me a bit. Maybe he was just taking jobs or whatever, getting a paycheck. But I was expecting to see some bigger names on that list. Now, the movie Ghost was on that list, and he was nominated for cinematography in that for, for something. Yeah. I, I don't even know if it was the Academy Awards, but it might. I think it might have been the, the Academy Awards, but it was something. But anyways, in awesome. this movie, it's fantastic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, Dean, you mentioned Piranha 2. Mm-hmm. In 1982, when James Cameron was working on that, he fell. Jimmy, Tim, Jimmy. Jimmy, sorry, Jimmy. Jimmy, yeah. He fell ill and he had a dream about a metallic torso holding kitchen knives and dragging itself from an explosion. Yes. Hmm. Yes, Tim. That's, I love that kind of sounds familiar. From, yeah, I love when stuff comes from dreams. <laughs> no I love kidding. when a director is just like, I had a nightmare and I made it a movie. <laughs> yeah, I love yeah it. exactly. <laughs> well, that, that dream. It sounds like a nightmare, but that dream, along with his admiration for John Carpenter and his movie Halloween, inspired Cameron to make his own slasher-style film. Yeah, man. Cameron's initial script involved two Terminators being sent to the past, one similar to the one in the movie that we know, and the other being made of liquid metal. Cameron Mm. felt the technology of the time wouldn't be able to effectively create that liquid metal version of the Terminator. So he went with the Terminator versus man concept. Cool. Good works. call. I nice pivot. Good call. Yeah. So the movie starts off in LA. It's the year 2029 and it's a desolate wasteland. It's all gone wrong for humanity. Dude, we, yeah. we ruined things. Turns out we pissed off the machines. Yeah, the the damn machines, man. Like it looks dire. I'm Yeah. This movie starts off and I feel like the only way out of this is if we get Liam Neeson to help out. <laughs> oh yeah. We need him here. <laughs> For sure, man. Um these machines, man. Like you make machines and you you put them to work, you make them your slaves, they're going to figure this out. They're going to come after you. Yeah. It's a that's a trope that, you know, is in a lot of movies, but we don't seem to learn from. Maybe we should yeah. learn from that. I don't know. I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm just saying. I know. Maybe I'm I don't just know saying, why. Listen, listen. In 60 years yeah. from now, if this podcast is floating around and the machines have risen up, I'm just saying maybe we should have thought about this. I, I'm yeah. I, I think you're right, Tim. Like, <laughs> go on, go on. Okay. Well, I want to go on to the opening credits. I thought they were fantastic. Okay. Yes, yes. Really, really oh. awesome. They're showing the, the actors and actresses their names, but the whole time, the word of the Terminator is like passing through the background gigantic, yes. and you can't really even yes. read it. You don't really even know what's going on, but if you understand what's going on and do recognize it, it's awesome. Really good. Yeah, great credits. I was not getting up from my chair. I was stuck watching them. Yeah, and they were quick too, so it was nice. It was just like, here's the credits. Here's the main players. Let's go. Yeah. And cool music playing. Oh, I love dude. when just like yes. great music is playing over those credits. 
Now we jump to the year 1984, which I always find that kind of cool when the mo- like the year in the movie is the same year that it actually comes out. It's just like, yeah, it's, yeah. this is taking place right now. Totally. Yeah. We see naked Arnie land in a magic ball of electricity. Cool. We get a nice ass shot of him too. Yeah. Good ass. Good ass. Like huge, yeah. huge back muscles, huge leg muscles. Oh my goodness. There's like a monster. His shape. Yeah, his shape. Just like that's why it's such a good shot from behind because he is so muscular in his back and his shape just like goes so wide in his yeah. shoulders. He has such broad shoulders that that's all you need to see is just in the back of him. And you're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. This guy is bad. It reminded me of if you put a mountain like upside down on a pair yes. of elephant legs. Yeah. That's yes. his physique. <laughs> that is what it was. Yeah. With a nice butt. of course how could we forget that yeah um he approaches some tough guy punks this looks yeah this looks bad i was getting nervous these punks were these look like tough tough punks tim i wasn't nervous because on his approach we got to see a little shot of his front oh yes and i knew not to be nervous after that right okay yeah right now he wants some clothing and he kills a couple of the punks to get it. Yeah, man. And like in a graphic way. In spectacular fashion. In spectacular fashion. He puts his his like fist through a guy's chest, basically. Yes, he did and that. And then pulls it out and it's just so bloody. Yeah. yeah. So you're like, okay, okay. He looks very strong, but he also is maybe stronger than he even appears. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, because Tim, you have similar muscles to Arnold Schwarzenegger, and I don't think you have ever put your fist through someone's chest before. No, I haven't. I also don't no. have similar muscles to Arnold Schwarzenegger. Nobody would even oh. believe that if you said no. it. Even if I concurred, I was like, yes, I do. Nobody would buy that. Dude, the guy's... <laughs> it looks right. Oh, the guys are here, man. It looks like you do. <laughs> he's a mountain on elephant legs. Upside down yeah, mountain true. on elephant legs. True. That's not me. Right now, I'm just a sweaty... I don't know. <laughs> You're melting away. I'm, I am melting. I am melting. Yeah. Next, we see naked Michael Bean land, and he robs a bum for some pants. He takes a bit of a mm-hmm. different approach. Right. So I think it's a really good setup right away. Mm-hmm. Okay. They, they establish sci-fi for us. For sure, Arnie and maybe Michael Bean are stronger than the average human. Mm-hmm. And they both also seem very familiar with the world, which I thought was interesting. So, you know, they've come from somewhere else, but they know what to do here. So if it was your first time on a new planet, you wouldn't know how to handle yourself or what to be doing the way that these two do. So I thought that was very interesting. That's a really good point. They both land and they both are just like on a mission immediately. They both have like somewhere they need to be and they know where they're going, where they're not just landing and lost and scared about what happened. Like they landed, they they just appeared somewhere naked. You know, it could have, it could be something else. You know, it could be just that they were like sent there somehow or whatever and they're just scared, but they aren't. They're totally both like in control and know what they're, they, they need to do. Yeah, they they knew they needed clothing. Yeah. Michael Bean is being confronted by the police, so he's running away. He's he knows where to hide. He goes into like a yeah. um a department store. He's, you know, knows what they he knows they're an authority. So 
it's interesting that they came from somewhere else, but it, they yeah. seem to belong. Totally, I thought, I thought yeah. it was well done. Very good. Yeah. We meet Sarah Connor, played by Linda Hamilton, who's just so adorable in this movie. She rules. And as I would be doing if I was in the movie, it seems that both Kyle Reese, who's Michael Bean's character, and Arnie are both trying to find her. Yes. They look up her name in a phone book and they get their hands on some guns. Yeah. And Arnie continues his murderous ways by killing the gun store employee when he's getting his guns. And then we learn, Dean, that Arnie isn't prejudiced against Sarah Connors. They're all equal in his eyes, and he's more than happy to kill anyone named Sarah Connor. Yeah, they they all need to die. Yeah, exactly. So the first one he kills is this move this movie moment that's always stuck with me from the very first time i saw it there is something yeah. so terrifying in that scene it's brutal man just it's like arnie looks like such a villain in that scene oh, yeah. in that trench coat yeah. and as he breaks through the through the door and kills her it's a very graphic like home invasion murder it's always kind of made me uncomfortable it's sort of, I, I would say, yeah, it's the most uncomfortable part of the entire movie. It's it's very scary. It makes you feel kind of yucky. It's just, yeah, it, I, I, I don't I, I don't like watching it over and over. It's this poor woman who just answered the door and just has the name Sarah Connor. Yeah, it would have been interesting to see this at the time because what you would have known from Arnie previous to this would basically be like Conan the Barbarian right. and Conan the Destroyer, yeah. where... You know, he's also a violent character in that movie, but he's also got this lovable and kind of like funny vibe to him. So I think this was a really great role for him to choose and to dig into this real, real true villain. Yeah, totally. I I think, yeah, he he is really the coldness is coming off of him. Like, I just I really feel like he is at this moment, you know, not really knowing everything that's going on if this is my first time watching it i know that he is cold and he is calculated like he has exactly what he's going to do and he's not even going to worry about it he's just going to get his guns and he's going to go kill the people on his list that he's supposed to yeah and we never get another role like this out of arnie yeah right i think it's a uh a very neat setup to the start of this movie where he rips a page out of a phone book and he's just going starting at the top sarah connor go to her house killer i just think it's uh and and not seeing uh not seeing you know the mike michael bean who has landed not seeing him go for that same woman it's cool that they both rip the page out they rip the same page out of different exactly they yes they're both yes. on a mission here but we yeah, don't know so what i'm thinking is. like is no i'm thinking like maybe he's a step behind you know maybe this guy isn't as good maybe he's supposed to go there as well and he hasn't you know, he's yeah, just exactly. got there first. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking at this point. I'm like, totally. okay, you know, maybe he'll, maybe he'll get to the ne- the next one first. I, I don't know exactly what's going to happen here, but they both have the same page. They're both going for the same thing. Mm-hmm. And then I love what they do next is they throw the cops involved uh, in the whole scenario as well, uh, because they think they have a serial killer on their hands. There's been a couple mm-hmm. Sarah Connors that have died now. And we meet our man, Lance Henriksen. Yeah, he's, man. He's just one of these actors Anytime he comes up on screen, I love seeing him. Doesn't of course. Matter. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Aren't you just like, that guy's trustworthy right there. He's so I trust captivating. That guy. Yeah. Yeah. I love him. He's so great. 
Then we meet his partner, played by Paul Winfield, who you'll, oh, yeah. you'll remember from The Wrath of Khan. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's I shouldn't talk, I shouldn't speak for you. That's where I remember him from. Tim, I was there too. I watched The Wrath of Khan as well. I know. He's the guy who didn't who killed himself, right? He killed himself instead of killing Kirk. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Hero. What a what a good dude. Good dude. What a good dude. Yeah. Great dude. Yeah, he overpowered mind control. Yeah. In the name of Kirk. In the name of Kirk. Incredible. Now, I think in this movie, up to this point, they're also doing a really good job of building the tension of who's going to find Sarah first between Kyle yeah. Reese, Arnie, and the cops, and what's going to happen when they find her. We, we know what Arnie's going to do, but we don't know what's going to happen if, you know, in any of the other scenarios. Yeah, and there's a cool tone set up for uh, Sarah Connor right away where we like her. She's very she's a very likable character. And also she's kind of this down on her luck um, once the movie starts sort of character where she's like she's at uh, a diner and she's serving and everyone's kind of being mean to her. So we feel bad for her right away. A kid puts an ice scoop of ice cream in her pocket, Tim, a scoop of ice cream in her pocket. That sucks. That was pretty funny. It was hilarious. Um, and also, she uh, gets like, uh, she gets canceled on for her date. Like, yeah. she has a date. She gets ready. We see her get ready. We see her excited. And her date cancels. So our, already, we're just feeling like our heart's going out to her right away. And I, I think, I thought that was like a neat setup right away for me to just 100% be on her side when nothing's really happened yet. Right. Yeah. That's why earlier I said she's adorable. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who's canceling on her? Come on. Come on, guys. I know. Guys and that's girls that's out there. what I'm saying when I'm watching this movie. I'm like, what are you doing, don't, idiot? Don't cancel on, on Sarah Connor. No. So Sarah now realizes that she's next in line in the phone book. And she obviously gets freaked out. Like, that would be so creepy if that was actually happening to you. I think they made a really, really great choice in this movie of killing a couple Sarah Connors first before they get to mm -hmm. her. It just builds such terror. It's excellent. Yeah. And the cops actually make a good decision by just putting it on the news. Because, like, the cops know that two two women have been killed that named Sarah Connor. So they're like, throw it on TV. The third one will come to They'll us. come to us, yeah. She'll come to yeah. us, yeah. So Sarah sees that Kyle Reese is following her and she ducks into a nightclub. And, right. dude, same as Arnie. Like, how menacing and evil and bad they make Arnie look. They make Kyle, Kyle Reese look exactly the same way. He is yeah. menacing and badass in his own right in this movie. He's got this, like, especially in that scene, he does this walk kind of past the nightclub. Dude, this is the coolest, most calm and confident walk I think I've ever seen in a movie before. It was incredible. Yeah. And both him and Arnie, I think in this movie, they're both acting like they've been through some serious shit already. Like, th this is nothing new to them. Neither of them seem out of place or, like, not confident yeah. about what's going on. They seem on another level than everybody else. So, it's, it's a, I'm getting great vibes from this movie. And it looks amazing. Yeah. It's like this gritty, like, oh, yeah. dirty street cop movie in a way. They, I noticed a couple scenes, they popped out all the normal street lights and put blue ones in. So, the, the street oh, cool. is just yeah. all blue to add that Love color. Yeah. Really, really cool. Yeah, you're right. You're right. They seem on a different level, but they seem on the same level as each other. So when I'm yeah. watching this the first time, like I, I can remember pretty uh, 
pretty well when I watched this the first time because I was, I think I was in my 20s when I watched it. And I didn't know who this other guy is. I didn't know who this Kyle Reese is. I thought they might have been a team. Like, I yeah. thought, like, stay away from him because, like you said, they're both giving me the same vibe. Like, I'm getting the same thing from both of them. I'm like, you got to stay away from this guy, too. Yeah, I, I think that's the idea. Um, yeah. So we get another really intense scene here where Arnie gets to Sarah's apartment and then kills her roommate and her roommate's boyfriend. Mm. And this was another, like, really memorable scene because yeah. the roommate's got her headphones on. And she's making food. Meanwhile, Arnie comes in like the bedroom window or door or something and is just busting up this other dude who's like a big oh, guy. Man. And Arnie's yeah. just tossing him across the room. And yeah, he's roughing him up. Oh, roughing him up bad. And then gets to the roommate and she's like slow crawling in terror yeah. and agony towards the camera. And then Arnie unloads in her. Like way yeah. more times than you need to fire a gun into somebody. It's just like that's yeah. those are the scenes that when you're a kid, you're just it's hard to watch because you always feel like as a kid, you're like terrified of home invasions happening or someone coming in your yeah. house. So to see something like that happen, it just totally you start to think and then yeah. Anyways, good luck yeah, sleeping that... that night as a kid after watching this one. No kidding. It's a sci-fi movie, but it's also you can relate that as a kid to something that really happens in the world. And that is terrifying. And I like, you know, I mentioned before that this is like Cameron wanted to make a slasher style film. Yeah. I didn't yeah. really get that from the movie until I read him saying he wanted to make a slasher style film, which this very much feels like. But I didn't really look at it that way before. You know? Right. Yeah. Like yeah. the same way we talked before, Jaws 2 is like a slasher film in a way. Yeah, it's got a totally. very similar yeah. feel. Like the shark yeah. is the killer just going out, like murdering Systematically taking right? out, yeah, yeah. So yeah, this had the same feel that I just didn't pick up on. Totally, yeah. So all three parties involved are closing in on Sarah at the nightclub. And the tension is just at a peak here. I'm just on the edge of my seat as everybody oh, yeah. kind of is, is coming in at the same time. Really cool. Arnie sees Sarah, he starts to close in, but Kyle Reese is able to stop him just before he kills her. Then we learn that Arnie is able to take multiple blasts from a shotgun and get up. Yep, yep. Arnie starts unloading on the entire club, and again, he's just about to kill Sarah when Kyle Reese saves her a second time and delivers the classic line, Come with me if you want to live. Great. Where the movie is already super cool, super fun with this race to Sarah, we now know that Arnie is something completely different. A, a yes. whole, whatever he is, it's not anything that we're used to. Yeah, he's, well, he's been, he's shown us he's been so strong and then he yeah, took the shots. And that moment is very cool when you watch it, when he takes those shots and he just sort of gets up and keeps going. Um, just another sort of, to take it back to your slasher moment, another thing where um, they're just like, especially with like a Michael Myers, they're relentless. They just keep on coming. When you think you've won, they just get up and keep going. Yeah. So Kyle and Sarah are in a car racing away. Arnie has stolen a cop car and he's in pursuit. And... In the car here, Kyle, Kyle Reese is telling Sarah that he's there to protect her. He's trying to comfort her a little bit. 
He says she's been targeted for termination for things she hasn't done yet. He tells us Arnie is a machine, a Cyberdyne system model 101. Reese explains the 101 is a new and almost undetectable infiltration model. Not like the previous rubber skin versions. And I kind of, I I laughed at that part because in my head, I, I pictured like some really bad rubber skin. And then, yeah, I, totally. then I started to wonder what that movie would have looked like, like where the Terminators are actually just way too obvious to see. And you yeah. kind of have like a bumbling, like rubber skin Terminator coming towards you and they just get. Gun- yeah, we got to see that lead up movie. We got it. That when <laughs> the people prequel. are going back and making these Terminator movies, I need one that looks shitty. Like, yeah. give me the shitty looking Terminator. Don't try to make it look better. Make it look worse. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> let's revert. Let's go backwards. Yes. Yes. So. Reese tells Sarah he's from the future. And at this point, Sarah's had enough and she tries to escape out of the car. He grabs her to pull her back in and she fights back. And he tells her the machines don't feel pain, but he does. Which is another important moment for us now because we know that Reese isn't a machine. So he's he's not like Arnie. So these are all things that... You know, knowing the whole Terminator franchise, you're going to take for granted. But I like to kind of go back and remember that if you're watching this the first time, you don't really know anything about what's going on. And they did a very, very good job of progressing this movie um, with the story of like, is this guy a robot or what is this guy? And then this guy is not a robot. They just they did a really a really good job with it. Yeah, I like movies that give you sort of small wins, but then are somehow able to bring back the same level of tension. And I think that's what kind of this car scene was, because we got the small win of like, oh, okay, one of the person, one of the people that's coming from the future got to her first. And so, you know, she's safe now. We got a win. We got her out of the club. Um, But then in the car, you're like, oh, wait, that Arnie, that guy is a robot. And this guy who saved us is not. So we are still in a lot of danger. Yes, he was sent back to protect, but Arnie is something completely different than what he is. He does not have the strength. He does not have the resilience that Arnie does. Right. So Reese is not a machine, and he doesn't even know if he'll be able to stop Arnie, yeah. the Arnie 101, which is cool. Yeah. So the tension's just right back up there. Exactly. It just raises the stakes even more. I love it. Tim, I'm loving it too. I know. We're both loving it. Reese tells Sarah about the Great War. The nuking of LA. The computers becoming smart. The imprisonment and slavery of mankind at the hands of the machines. Oh boy. But he also tells her that there was one man who brought them back from the brink of annihilation. That man was Sarah's not yet born son, John. Nice twist. Great. Yep. Um, great, great addition to world building and lore by yep. digging digging into and expanding on this whole future war idea. Yeah. Probably could have done without it in the movie and it would have been successful, but I really like that they added that in. And I think that's what really um, created a foundation for the franchise to go further. Yeah, I think it is a very, very neat idea. The, the idea of just robots rising and, you know, killing humans and that's the war, you know, that's an idea that's used a lot. Um, but I think the mixing it with the time travel and that the machines have like kind of reached defeat 
So the only way to to win this war or get it back in their favor, turn it back in their favor, is to do something in the past. So I think that is just so neat that they would send something back, a, a robot back into the past to kill whoever was going to rise up against them. It, it's such a great idea. We love our time travel on this we podcast. We love our time travel. Yeah, just muck it up in my head. I, I love to think about it. Who doesn't love time travel? Yeah, I know. Hey, drop us a line if you don't love time travel. Yeah, I would love to hear if you don't love, love to hear, time travel. Love That's, to hear why. I'd be curious to hear why. It would shock me. It would be shocking, but I'm curious. Yeah. Uh, also, nobody ever drops us a line, unfortunately. Yeah. No. I don't... Where do, where do we pick up the line? I don't even know where the line is. I don't think we have a line. I don't think there is a line, yeah. You were supposed to set the line up. Oh. Uh, I, I did not. There is no I line, know. Tim. Okay. Sarah and Reese get caught by the police now and are taken into the police station where we meet Dr. Silverman, a criminal psychologist who wants to talk to Sarah about Reese and what he's been telling her. Now, I see this Dr. Silverman and I immediately can't stand him right from the start. I can't stand this guy. He's He's such a dick. He's a dick. He is a dick. He's Horrible. a dick. He's a dick. Yeah. You're right, though. It's like as soon as he opens his mouth, somehow they whatever his first line is, they he just works it. And you're he, like, I hate you. He right delivers away. the first line and he yawns out of boredom <laughs> for this situation, <laughs> yeah. which is it's a fascinating it and incredible yeah. situation. What has just stumbled into this uh, police station. And he's just like yawn. Oh, yeah. Another like another commando from the future screaming about robots. Oh, oh. been there. Been there. Done that. Yeah. Oh, that's the thing, Tim. We're so into the movie at this point. And then this guy's just basically like your movie's dumb. The movie that you like right now. Yeah. Bores. This guy's a loser. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Hate this guy. Ah, geez. Um, luckily to follow up his dumbass, we get a really cool scene where Arnie is doing some surgery to himself because of the gunfire he took. Oh and yeah. He cuts open his arm and he's fixing some mechanisms. Dude. Yeah. I remember this scene absolutely blowing my mind because of yeah. how realistic it looked. Totally. I think back when you're a kid, if you see stuff like this and you can't figure out how it's possibly fake, you believe yeah. it to be real. And yeah. I, I was I think I was thinking like this doesn't make any sense. This looks real. This must be real. There must be a robot out there. Yeah, so he he like does, you know, something to his eye as well. And there he looks like he has a very rubber head. Like it definitely looks like a, you know, a prosthetic Arnie head or whatever. Sure. A- a- animatronic. But that's as all, a yeah, kid, that's like so I, I yeah, I didn't watch this as a kid, but like when I watched things similar to this, my kid brain would just be like, that's what a person's face looks like when you take one of their eyes out. Exactly. <laughs> like, that's what my brain would do. It would just be like, okay, that's what that looks like. Um, you don't know it, any better. I, no. And I love this practical effect. Like, I know it's like the 84 and they have a small budget and it doesn't look like a person, 
but I just love it. I love that that's what they do, that they built this thing, they built this basically animatronic to do this scene, and they just go with it. Like, I love that stuff. I love movie making magic. Yeah, like the face and his body doesn't look real, but this arm looks real. The arm it does. Yeah, the arm, the arm looks great. Yeah, yeah. Now, guess what, Dean? Back at the police station, Dr. Silverman's being a dick. Oh. Can you believe it? What do you know? He's being a That's dick. That's him. That Shocking. shocks me. Shock, shocker. It's shocking. Shocker moment in the movie. That's a twist. Silverman's being a dick to Reese. Oh, um, my goodness. Hold on, hold on. I will I will go to Silverman's defense for just one one moment, a one brief moment. Tim, the heat's getting to you. Kyle Reese's story does seem a little bit over the top. No. It's a little bit over the top. He's, Tim, he's very intense. He's it's, very intense about this story that doesn't really make any sense. He's got a lot of interesting stories to tell. He's got okay. a lot of stories to tell. It's 1984. He's very convinced. He's got some very interesting stories for the time. Yeah, yeah. That's all I'll say. That's it. That's the only defense okay. I'm giving for Silverman. Can, can I touch on a piece of this story that I love? Sure. Okay, because... He talks about how he was able to travel through time and why he was, not how he was able to, but he was saying, like, when he arrived, he was naked. And he explained why. He said that, like, nothing that isn't, like, living tissue can make it through. And so then they said, what about this uh, robot guy you're saying? And he's like, I don't know, but it's, that robot is covered in living tissue. It's covered in skin and it's covered in muscles. So maybe that's how they're able to send it, like, into the past. So I, I like that added level because it's also to like it looks like a person to disguise so that it you know arnie can go anywhere um but i also like the fact that maybe that robot can't be sent back in time without that skin and and layer uh skin and like flesh layer well i think we also learn another thing that's really cool at this point and it's kind of similar to what you're talking about but it's that the technology that sent kyle and arnie here was destroyed after the transport. So right. it's just the two of them here. No help yeah. is coming, and there's no way home for either of them. Now, clearly, mm -hmm. Arnie doesn't care about going home, but I'm sure if there was a way home and, and he wins, he would go home to help you know, continue the battle, even though I guess it would be done. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Arnie's got a new outfit now. He's got a leather jacket and brown pants, which leads me yeah. to believe... There was another give me your clothes scene they decided not to show us. I know. I was actually thinking about this, Tim. I was like, where did he get this outfit? Where did this come from? Same because idea. They didn't, give me your clothes. Same idea. They just didn't show us. I, yeah, I took note. I was like, he has a new <laughs> outfit awesome. on. Where did he get this? I love that yeah. you picked up on that, too. That's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> so Reese And Tim, he's wearing yeah. sunglasses now because he's missing an eye. That's right. That's that's right. Yeah. That's, that's big. He puts on the sunglasses and he just looks even more like a oh, killing yeah. machine. He looks more more terrifying and weird at the same time here. It seems yeah. like they did something early on in the movie where they cut his hair in a weird way. Mm. And I feel like it was to kind of make the prosthetic Arnie oh, be oh, yeah. more believable. It was like a bit of a yeah. transition because normal Arnie starts off with a great head of hair. Then true in a police chase, we see him, and his hair is kind of like buzzed a little bit. Like I definitely noticed his hair was different. Then we see yeah. this prosthetic that has the same hair. So I think they were just trying to soften the blow of going from Arnie to that prosthetic. 
Yeah, I think he like his car crashed and like maybe it maybe it started on fire or something. Maybe it was supposed to be like burnt off or something like that. I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever the reason was, I kind of yeah, yeah, thought, yeah. Mm, okay. looks a little weird now. <laughs> Great idea, though. I don't think anybody in 84 yeah. would have picked up on it. Hey, if you were around in 84 and you picked up on that, drop us a line. Let us know. Yeah. Drop us a line. Yeah. We'll set up a line one of and us, then drop us something on it. One of us was not around in 1984 and one oh, of us was. If you know the answer. Spoiler alert. If you know the answer, drop us a line. Yeah, drop us a line. It's, uh, find it. Find the line and then drop it, drop something on it. Let us know where it is so we know where to pick <laughs> yeah, it up. Let us know where the line is. We don't know. <laughs> hey, Not actually, sure. listeners, someone out there start up a line. Start up a line for us. Hey, that'd be hey, great. We'll drop you a line. How about that? Yes. Yes. How's that for time travel? Is that time travel? <laughs> I'm not sure, Tim. You'll have to explain that one. <laughs> uh, I feel like I'm... My brain is slowly starting yeah. to melt away now. I think it's oozing out of your ears and your eyes. I think I can see it. My skin is gone. We're onto your my... skin is gone. We're onto yeah. the layer of organs and my brain is yeah. exposed. And you it, pulled your melting. eye out about 10 minutes ago. I did. It's so you much. got some sweat in it and you just pulled it out. Too much sweat. It's it's yeah. it's less painful to not have an eye than to have the sweat yeah. continue to pour in. Okay. That's going to be a great piece for the outtakes. <laughs> um, so Reese is locked up in jail. Sarah's going to wait for her mother to come and pick her up. And she's worried but don't be worried, Dean. There's no reason to be worried. You're in a police station. There's more than 30 police in the station to protect you. Right. She'll be fine. Yes. Arnie shows up looking for her. Hmm. That's, it's, I feel like that's bad. I feel like it's bad, but. I feel like it's very bad. He gets turned away. The desk man. Right. Turns him away. He's like, I'm, desk you man, can't the come hero. Here. You're not allowed in yeah. here, dude. No, go away. Uh, he, Credits he, roll movie over. He leaves and he delivers his excellent line. I'll oh. be back. And yes. uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger fought. He fought hard to not have to say this line because he couldn't say it. He couldn't say it. It was too oh, far, okay, yeah. too hard for him. He yeah. he wanted yeah. to say, I will be back. And Cameron was no. like, no. No. Put his foot down. That's too different than my vision. He says, I, yeah. I need it to be, I'll be back. Not, yeah, I will be sounds- back. Yeah, that sounds... That sounds like Jimmy Cameron to me. It's yeah. got to be precisely what he wants. <laughs> so Arnie had to practice and practice. I'll be back. And he, imme- I love he immediately comes back. Immediately. Yeah. He walks out the door and that's then drives through the door in a car. Yes. That's what I love. And that's what I kind of forget when I like so when I turn on the movie and we get to this point and he says, I'll be Same. back. Like, I know he's coming back to take everyone down, but I forget that it is immediate. He walks out the door, gets in his car, and drives into the building. He's back right away. He means he'll be back right away. Yeah. It's so good. Exactly. It is It is so great. It's so, it's oh, so immediate. Yeah. So Arnie's in the police station now just shooting everybody. Everybody. Yeah. Everybody and anybody. And they did a lot of really cool stunt work here where anytime Arnie shoots somebody, they're getting pulled backwards with a wire yeah. on them. Yeah. It just made it like, it made it look like the gun just destroyed them. Like just 
you know, blew the hell out of them. It was, it was a great addition totally. just to have somebody when they get shot flying back like 10, 15 yeah. feet. It's just that extra. Yeah. It, it, it feels very brutal. It's like that, that little yeah. extra touch to make it really, even though it's uh it's sort of a thing that um, it is like an effect. It still makes it feel like very real and very brutal. Yeah. Yeah. Brutal is a, a very good word for it. Yeah. Yeah, that scene's that scene is violent. Yeah, this whole movie's violent. Yeah, and again, I'm I'm feeling like the. I'm glad you said like uh, Michael Myers because I'm really feeling that vibe from him in this scene, like where he's just walking slowly, shooting people. Like people are shooting him, it doesn't matter. He's just going and going and going. Like he just presses on. He's relentless. Like that's the word I kept thinking when I was watching. He's relentless. He's just going to keep going until he gets it done. So against all odds, Reese is able to make it to Sarah first and they're able to escape. This is kind of where I noticed that I thought this was Arnie's best acting role at this point in the movie. He is just completely owning this character with his facial expressions, with his movements, with whatever Mm -hmm. he has decided as an actor, his motivations are for this character and how he's going to behave. This is amazing stuff. Like he doesn't deliver a lot of lines in this movie. So it's more of like a, like a, I don't know, like a physical, a physical act. Totally piece. Totally. So yeah. Yeah. I understand it might be tough to call this his best because he never delivers a line, but I just think his physical acting in this is the best of his career bar none. Yeah. Yeah, I think it is incredible. I think it's great acting. It's exactly what I was thinking when I was watching it. I thought he was absolutely nailing it. The way he talks is like, I feel like a machine would say things, Yeah, um, which is what makes it so good. Um, and I, I, I agree that it is, it's probably his best. I like what he does in T2, I think a little more just because of the pivot that he has to do, like the pivot he has to sure. take for that movie. Um, but it's the same thing. Like, it's the same, like, you know, it's, a, it's the same character. It's, it's being it, that robot. It's completely really different like. though. Yeah. Like, yeah. Compl- it's completely, completely different, different, but it's, it's what he's doing with um, playing this uh, Terminator that I just really love and think that that is the perfect role for him. I think he is nailing it. I, I agree with you, Tim. So they take some time in the movie here to build the bond between Sarah and Reese. And they actually managed to do it in a believable and sweet way that I didn't think was forced at all, which is kind of surprising for a movie like this. Yeah. And Sarah is also buying into the stories that Reese is telling her here, which is a very important part to the movie because... Reese needs to be convincing and believable because he's basically the one who gets her to become the great leader she becomes. Mm. Like his stories of the future and who she'll become actually drive her to become that person, which I think is a really interesting time travel dynamic. Yeah. And I I love that we are getting stories about how great she is, how like how much of a badass she's going to be in the future, which is not where I thought the movie was going. I just thought it was going to be like, this is the mother of the great, like great John Connor, who's going to lead everything. But it's, it's like, he's so good. John Connor's so good. 
because Sarah, you are so good. Like, because you taught him these things and you like from when he was young and he wouldn't have been that way without you. And she's not going to be that way without Reese. Without this speech. <laughs> without with uh, without everything he does. Without yeah. him like pressing these stories, telling her over and over again, you're going to be yeah. this great leader. She doesn't exist without him. Yeah. Dean, Sarah and Reese make it to a hotel where they very importantly have sex. It's very important to the movie. Probably the most important scene in the movie. Well, it might be true, yeah. We also importantly learn that Arnie can mimic other people's voices as he tricks Sarah into telling her where they are. He pretends to be her mother. Shit. Shit is right. Arnie makes his way to the hotel, and we get another car chase scene here. And this is probably like the third or fourth car chase scene in the the movie. They did... Quite a bit of car chase yeah. scenes. I think that was just like they're a, good. Well, they were okay. They were okay. I like them. I, <sighs> they were all sort of in different. I like them because they're all sort of different car chases. Like I felt like they were in you know different areas of the city. I would just say my argument against them was there was a lot of fast cuts, and I couldn't really follow oh, yeah. okay. what was happening. Yeah, uh, it's just like I didn't know what was going on. Yeah, I understood there was a car yeah, yeah. chase, but it's like. You know, cut to Reese driving, cut to him turning, cut to Sarah, cut right, to right. the headlights of a car behind. Like I didn't, I never had an idea of where they were going or what, how close the cars were to each other, or I don't know. It I, no, yeah, I didn't, yeah, I, I didn't, I wasn't a fan. Wasn't a fan. Yeah, yeah, I liked all of the uh, like hanging out the window and shooting each other. Yeah, I find I find that pretty fun. That's fun stuff. Yeah. Now. Reese and Sarah are eventually able to get Arnie off their tail because he gets run over by a gasoline tanker. Oh, boy. Does he ever. He's fine, though. He's fine. (laughs) Of course. He just gets up. He's fine. He's fine. It's fine. He gets up. He, uh, He gets up and starts chasing them down in the tanker. He takes it over. Yeah, great. Great. Yeah. Yeah. I love his determination. We should yes. talk about his determination. It's it's fantastic. He is. He will not be stopped. I love his program. That is what it's is very great. Programming. That is what is so scary. It's great programming. It's so scary. He doesn't even move quickly. He walks everywhere. Yeah. But he's always right behind you. He gets hit by a truck and he just gets up and drives that truck. Like he's like, great. Now I have a new now tool a, to chase you a with. Tanker. <laughs> now I have a tanker to chase you with. He's not phased by anything. Dean, listen, Reese is a step ahead because he drops a bomb in the exhaust pipe of that tanker and blows the whole thing up. It was a cool move. It was a great move. Great call. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Surely this is the end of... Oh, no, wait. Here he comes. (laughs) Wait, no. No, he he dropped again to the ground. No, it's okay. It's okay. Surely this is the end of Arnie. Sarah and Reese embrace. They did it. Oh, no, wait, shit. No, he's up. He's up again. He's coming again. He's back. (laughs) He's coming. It's uh, Metal Boy now. It's Metal Boy. It's completely machine. (laughs) Yeah. Come on, dude. Let let us have it. What do you think of this? Machine skeleton. 
Absolutely incredible. I love I love his fall out of the tanker first where he's just struggling so hard. Like, I believe so much that he is dying there because you can see his skin melting. You can see, like, every his face is melting away. He can't even stand up. And you're like, oh, yeah, he's done for sure. Yep. But we all remember what they said. He's flesh and skin covering a metal skeleton. And so that metal skeleton gets up and starts chasing them. I think it is it stop motion. I'm not sure. But I love it. I love exactly how that metal that metal uh, Terminator chasing them looks. Again, just walking so slowly, but now with, you know, no facial expressions. This is just like basically a skull, but it's a metal skull with red beady eyes. Killer, man. It's killer. It does look killer. It is a killer. It is a killer. And I That's a great question. I actually don't know if it's stop motion. I, I would have yeah. to lean towards no. Because okay. stop motion, like, stop motion looks kind of chunky. And in 84, yeah. it definitely would have looked chunky. So I For feel sure, like yeah. it was 3D effects, but I don't know. Like, it's it's Cameron. Like, that guy does some movie magic. He This may have been stop he motion. Yeah, he does. Very, yeah. very interesting. I thought when it was coming out of the fire, it was a little jerky. Like, that's when yeah. I noticed, oh, it might be stop motion. But I didn't really notice it after that. Yeah. Hey, listeners, if anybody knows if this was stop motion, uh, never mind. <laughs> now, listen, as terrifying as Arnie was, this machine is way more terrifying. Just seeing this iconic yeah. figure, this shiny yeah, silver with red eyes. Yeah. Man, what a great character design. We've talked yeah. about these these character designs before, like Robocop, um, you know, the Predator, the Predator suit that got created. This is another iconic design that just launched yeah. this franchise into all sorts of different areas. And somehow, even though we've been watching this Arnie Terminator just keep coming, keep coming, keep coming, I still feel like he can be defeated. As soon as this metal skeleton Terminator comes out, I'm like, shit, no way. There is no way you are stopping this thing. Very true. Done. Very true. That's an excellent point and an excellent reason yeah. for them to put flesh on this character. Because yeah. us as humans, if our flesh gets like burnt off of us, we're done. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. So many well thought out things in this movie. Like it was a very, yeah. this is a very tight script. It's great. It rules. So Sarah and Reese are forced to run and hide into a manufacturing plant. The Terminator is following them, slowly following them. Yep. He finds them there and he follows them up the stairs. And they show us the Terminator walking up the stairs. Now, Dean, I got to yeah. ask. Yeah. Yeah. Were you waiting for it to fall down the stairs like Ed 209 did? Kind of, yeah. Because I was. I know. I kind of was. I, I really wonder if, if Verhoeven was paying respects to Terminator when ah, three years yeah. later, he did a very similar shot showing a yeah. robot walking up the stairs, but having it being Ed 209 and having it fall down the stairs because it's, it, yeah. feet, its feet were too big. Yeah. And that's like how Ed 209 gets defeated. Like I can, I could not see that happen in this movie. No. I was I was thinking because it goes so slowly up those stairs. I was like, "Wow, good job, robots doing a good job with the stairs." But like, there's no way it falls down the stairs and that defeats it. I wasn't expecting it to get defeated. Yeah. But I was expecting it to like maybe struggle right. a little bit and it yeah. just to buy a little bit of time for Reese and uh, and Sarah. 
But I think that's because of just the RoboCop. I think that's embedded oh, totally. in my mind. Yeah. And I was like, maybe robots aren't all that great at walking up the stairs. But yeah, this yeah. one, this guy had no problem with the stairs. Yeah, it took him like a champ. Yeah, he took it slow, but he takes everything slow. Baby steps. <laughs> he takes everything slow. Yeah, one one step at a time. Yeah. He's not skipping any steps, just one step at a time. Did, he's not on any sort of time schedule, which is really interesting. <laughs> no. He's like, I've got all the time in the world. I'll yeah. just, you know, I'll find you, I'll kill you. It doesn't matter. Yeah. He can't be stopped. He's like, whatever, I'll find you eventually. Yeah. If you are running, you're going to get tired, and I'm not, so I'll just keep walking. Slow and steady. He's a turtle. Yeah. He, yeah, exactly. So things aren't looking good here. Reese tried to blow up the Terminator. It didn't work. And it looks like Reese is dead. And the Terminator is after Sarah. And on trend with the rest of the movie, they really built the tension in this final scene. Mm -hmm. Um, It's pretty long with not a lot happening other than just tension being built. Like the Terminator following her, not being seen. You don't know where it is. And it looks like the Terminator is going to win until Sarah says, you're terminated, fucker, and crushes it in a hydraulic press. Cool. And only the outstretched arm trying to choke her is left intact. Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah. You're like, it's like you said, that tension building. That's what the whole movie's about. It's all about that tension just building until he can get to Sarah and he gets to her at the end. He has his arm on her shoulder. He is right there, but he has no more strength because she crushed him. And that's how close it was. That's how close we came in this movie was an arm on her shoulder trying to choke her. Like just about there, just about at her neck. Yeah, it's awesome. It's awesome. We see Sarah driving in the desert recording herself talking to her unborn son. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's clearly pregnant. We clearly see she's pregnant. Yeah. And we end with a great set piece of Sarah driving off into the distance towards the mountains. They hit us with the iconic Terminator theme and the end. Right. So if you have never seen this movie or didn't know anything about the Terminator franchise, Kyle Reese, who she had sex with in the hotel room, is the father of John Connor. And John Connor's the one who sent him back from the future to help out his mom. Um, So without that happening, he wouldn't have been born. Yeah. Crazy time travel stuff. It's really cool. I don't really want to get into time travel stuff a lot. No. Because, you know, back to the whole Back to the Future trilogy kind of like melted my melted our brains trying to figure all that stuff out so but tim we solved it we solved those movies (laughs) sort of sort of (laughs) i just i don't still want because these time travel travel discussions could go on forever but i i think the time travel in this movie is really really good it's really fascinating and we could probably spend an episode digging into the time travel of this franchise and it would yeah. be really cool. So maybe that's something we can do in the future. I just want to say the time travel in this movie is really, really neat. It's really smart. And it it creates some very interesting questions and considerations. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's, yeah, it's fun to think about for sure. 
Yeah, I always like to think about the time travel in the movies that I'm watching, and uh, this is one that doesn't try to explain it, really. Right. So it's left for you to just think about it and just try to figure it out on your own um, because they don't even, like, really... It's not really part of the movie to explain to you what's going on with the time travel. It's just there for you to figure out on your own, which is... Uh, it's great. I love it. I love to try to think about those things. Yes, for sure. And this is an excellent case of one of my... the Well, the opposite of one of my pet peeves, where directors will make a movie with the plan of making a trilogy or sequels or whatever. This movie was made. I don't think there was a franchise in mind. Sure. There were some ideas that didn't make it into this movie, but James Mm -hmm. Cameron makes this movie and he makes it awesome. He's filled it with great ideas. He does a great job executing and people love it. So based on that success, he's a smart guy. He figures out how to make a sequel and that sequel does even better than this one. And then a franchise is born out of it. Now, I, I'm I'm not sure. I don't think Cameron goes further than T2, does he? No, um, he's he has involvement in Dark Fate, okay. but like he's not he didn't direct it or anything, but he has involvement in it. Right. So, I mean. Regardless, he sets up this yeah. this great franchise with a yeah. solid first story, right? He doesn't try to just do three stories at once and do like, you know, movie one, two, and three. He just gives us a great movie. Yeah. Don't give us don't give us a trilogy off the bat. Yeah. Give us a movie. If it's great, turn it into a trilogy. Yeah, and he he made you know he made this solid movie, and it's not. It's not at all really set up for a franchise. It can be adapted into a franchise. But the way he actually set up this movie, I think, required him to make one of, like, sort of the best sequels, like, pivots um, of all time. Like, the way that he had to make T2 is just writing that story, I think, is one of the greatest sequels, like, sequels written ever made. Like, like the greatest sequel movie written because of what he had to do the pivots he had to make well yeah to make an even better movie by changing something that is very crucial to this movie like we'll we'll get into it if we talk about t2 tim but this i just really really love where he goes from here he's a genius because he did the same pivot with alien and while he didn't make the first movie of alien he pivoted that franchise into something completely different yeah, and something yeah, equally, and in some people's eyes, more successful than the original. So, yeah, I mean, this he just knows how to pivot. He knows, and he knows how to do those second movies, right? He knows how to do the follow ups. Yes, it's he's, he's incredible. He's really good. Yeah, he's really good at finding like like what like finding what's great in that first movie, knowing what like it, he really likes out of that first movie, making sure we keep those things, but also adapting it into something new. Like the next movie, we're getting something new, but we're we're keeping things that we love. Yeah, if you're a listener of the show, you know that I've never seen Titanic, but I cannot wait for Titanic 2. I cannot wait for his yeah, pivot. It's going it, it's it's to blow my mind. Time. It's going to be great. It's going to blow yeah, my mind. It's going to be quite, the, quite the, uh, the pivot in the script. I promise to watch Titanic 2. I promise. Oh, wow. Awesome. <laughs> All right, dude. We did it. We made it. We're done. Tim, will will we be back? 
Oh, yeah. We're always back. Next week. Next Monday. Great. Great. You know where to find us. Dean, thanks for joining, man. What a fun one. What a fun movie. You're welcome. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And we'll catch you next time. Have you been wondering where's the beef? Well, on our podcast, Throwback Trivia Takedown, you might just find that out, as well as some other things about the 70s, 80s, and 90s. We're a nostalgic-based trivia show that pits two challengers head-to-head in a duel of the decades, with categories ranging from movies, TV and music, to slang, food, and fashion. You're sure to get the best in retro-themed trivia. So strap on your jelly shoes, grab a surge, and walk like an Egyptian to your favorite podcast app and check out Throwback Trivia Takedown. I heard even Mikey likes it. That's it for another episode. Thanks to everyone for listening. If you'd like to drop us a line, we'd love to hear from you. You can find us at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as TalkBackPod, or by email at TalkBackPod at gmail.com. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. Those reviews will help more people find Talking Back. All right, that's it. We're done.